Good morning, 8.07 here on This Morning with Jaylen and Daryl. Jaylen is on vacation this week. She's off actually at an Air Force conference, as it turns out, because that's how she likes to spend her vacation, hanging out with her squadron folks. Always does. Uh, our next guest, we are going to talk foxes. So it was interesting that Fox on the Run was the song we played going in. Thank goodness it wasn't What the Fo- What Does the Fox Say? Because I was afraid that might be it, but Sarah kept us on track. Uh, the reason we're talking about foxes, and actually other kinds of wildlife as well, Wild North is trying to find some foster homes uh, for some, some fox kits that don't have a home. Uh, the reason why? Well, why don't we find out? Uh, let's check in with Dale Gino, who is the... Uh, Executive Director of Wild North, and I guess, uh, first off, good morning, Dale. How are you doing? Hey, good morning, Daryl. Uh, I guess it's just the time of season, isn't it? Springtime. Don't we always run into these situations with, with some, some, some babies uh, born in spring, and who knows what happens to the parents? Yeah, we, we sure do, Daryl. It's uh, baby season, and uh, with that comes a lot of orphan babies, so we're dealing with all kinds of young ones this time of year. Uh, and people bring them into you, or they let you know that they exist, or how does that been working? Because I keep hearing that if you see an orphan, you should leave it alone uh, because yeah, parents so might be nearby. That's sometimes the case, yeah. So we, we definitely encourage people to contact uh, Wild North before you take action. So if you find a young animal and you're unsure whether it's been an orphan, you should go onto our website at wildnorth.ca. There's some information there. Uh, and if you're unsure, you can always call our hotline, of course, and we'll walk you through things. But, um, yeah, people can bring animals in to us uh, once we've determined that they are indeed uh, injured or orphaned. Uh, and or we have a, a rescue service that will actually go out and uh, get those animals, particularly if they're more dangerous or in a difficult uh, sort of rescue scenario. Uh, you do have a couple of kits, uh, fox babies, that are looking for, for a home. Tell us their story. Yeah, so um, we every year we get um, young foxes um, that uh, we're not always aware of what happens to the parents. Um, but in this case, um, traffic mortality uh, orphan these young ones. And, uh, you know, when you find a, a mother who's been deceased and then, you know, shortly thereafter we find young ones in reasonably close proximity, then we can be pretty assured that, that that's the case. Um, so, yeah, so when we get young ones like this, um, of course, the parents or other foxes are much better at rearing them than we are. So we do our very best to try to rehome them or, or to foster them with a potential family that will adopt them and uh, continue that rearing process. And so you actually look for people who know that they might have a, a fox den on their site, that an, an existing fox family? Yeah, so so fostering foxes out to other uh, fox families can be a bit of a tricky endeavor, and there's lots of criteria that has to be met. You know, you have to find a family that has kits that are roughly the same age. Um, some are just sort of innately more apt to, to take in young ones of other families than, than, than others. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, we, we, we have to locate these dens and then we have to kind of go and uh, survey the area and, and kind of do a little reconnaissance mission and see if the, uh, if it's something that we can try, if we think it's an appropriate den site that we can kind of tuck these little babies in with the, uh, the foxes of the other family. Uh, thing is, then you got to find the right spot because I know more than a few rural Albertans who really don't want foxes anywhere close to them because they might have chickens or they might have small animals or, or etc. How hard is it to find someone 
who will say, yeah, uh, bring them out here, and maybe maybe the foxes that live here will, will foster them. Is it difficult? Yeah, it, it, it can be, yeah. So uh, you're right. You know, a lot of us uh, here, uh, you know, especially in Edmonton, you know, if, if you've been here for several generations, we often have rural roots. And, um, you know, if your your grandparents or your great-grandparents, uh, chances are they had a farm, and foxes could have posed a, a real problem. And, and so we sort of have, uh, a lot of us have this sort of ingrained sense that, that uh, or regard foxes as vermin or, or animals that should be exterminated be, because for that very reason, you know, they may have taken our chickens or, or whatever. Um, but more and more, we're getting uh, residents of Alberta that um, are not in the farming community and uh, that just enjoy watching wildlife and having them around and actually see their benefits. Um, so um, more and more people are uh, willing to, to, to let us know where these sites are and uh, give these, uh, these little guys a chance. Uh, what about skunks? Because don't you really go? Okay, I don't know if I, I don't know yep. anybody wants them around. Do you? <laughs> well, you'd be surprised. Yeah, they're the cutest little things when they're babies. <laughs> you know, but uh, oh, uh, but yeah. you're right. Uh, they can be uh, they can be stinky customers. And uh, but yeah, no people are, are pretty good and, and with a little education. And uh, you know, uh, I've been doing this for for. Oh, 35 years, you know, I've rescued hundreds of skunks in, in those years. I have never been sprayed. You know, you can certainly learn to live in harmony with these guys for sure. That's right. So uh, do you have a bunch of animals you're looking to try and find new homes for right now, or is it, it just depends on the season and the time? Yeah, it depends on the season. So right now, uh, a lot of uh, the animals we're receiving uh, are uh, goslings. And so I'm, we're doing tons and tons of these uh rooftop rescues where they have baby geese that are on a high roof or a roof of the lip that they can't get down from and we're helping them to the ground reuniting with mom but we get a lot of orphaned goslings we just got our first ducklings yesterday and we get about 300 orphaned ducklings every year and so um, especially with the uh, the goslings their uh, geese are really good at adopting other uh, geese babies so um, we're always looking for uh, families of geese that we can tuck these little babies in with, for sure. The ducklings, on the other hand, very difficult. Um, duck moms don't readily accept babies from other parents. So it really does depend on the species. So right now we're looking for lots of gosling homes and, uh, of course, homes for these foxes. Uh, and at the same time, you've still got to be careful not to interfere. I always thought that even with those high buildings uh, where sometimes the geese will lay now the little ones, they basically float down. I've seen it, or maybe I'm just seeing the wrong videos or I'm seeing urban myths <laughs> or something like that, but they do get down. I've seen the little babies go off the top, and they just basically flutter down like feathers. Yeah, the, the little guys bounce pretty well, yeah, <laughs> yeah when they, especially if they're over grass. Uh, the problem is in an ver- urban environment, uh, the surface can be very hard, right? They're often over concrete. And moreover, one of the big problems is that a lot of industrial buildings these guys like to nest on actually have a four- or six-inch lip around the building. So um, uh, the babies physically can't get off the building. So mom will fly to the ground, she'll start calling and calling, and the babies can't get down. So we're, we have to get up there and uh, just help them from the top and down to meet mom, and then off she goes looking for the nearest waterway. Hey, Dale, I want to take a quick break. Can you stick around here for a few more moments? Because I do want to check on on the impact of the wildfire situation in Alberta on wildlife. Can you hang on for a couple of minutes and we'll come back Uh, to you in a flash? Absolutely. For sure, Dale. Great. Thank you. We'll do that then. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back with Dale Gino from uh, Wild North. We'll talk about the impact of the wildfires as well. Good to have you here. Dale Gino from uh, Wild North, the executive director, is uh, chatting with us this morning. By the way, Dale, I got on the text line a note that Pembina Pipeline at Bucket Creek has several fox dens on the property. Uh, Do you ever work with some companies uh, that, that might have these leases or areas? 
We do, yeah. We we have um, lots of uh, lots of partners uh, around Edmonton, the surrounding area, that uh, keep us informed about those things. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, but uh, the more the merrier. Again, you know, when it comes to things like this, it has to be very very specific to insight. So the more uh, the more we learn about, we can go. Check them out and uh, see which ones are the appropriate uh, appropriate for the, for the attempt. Okay, you know, I, I feel for the people, the Albertans who have been forced out of their homes, obviously. Uh, but I've also been thinking about just some of the wildlife and how uh, how impactful these wildfires have been. We're approaching a million hectares of uh, of, of 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 forest of bush that has gone up in flames so far. Uh, have you seen? Have you been involved in some of the issues that have come out of this? What can we expect uh, uh, the impact on wildlife will be? I know it's a rather broad question, but uh, I need you to give me an idea where you're at with that. Yeah, so uh, it's important to understand that these wildfires are, uh, first of all, they're, they're a very natural process. So it's, it's nature's way of sort of clearing sort of diseased old forests and, and making them anew again. So uh, more plant life can grow and, and animals can feed the new growth and, and that kind of stuff. But that's no consolation to the animals that live in those old forests. And so, yeah, so many, many of those guys get displaced. It can have uh, devastating effects on local wildlife populations. So, um, you know, migratory birds have historical nest sites that get devastated. This time of year, you know, there's there's animals that have young. You know, we, we talked earlier about the babies of the year. Um, those guys can't escape those fires, so so they file, you know, fall victim to them. Um, and then there's sort of the, the, the tertiary effects, the stuff that happens after. So there's the fires that, that obviously are devastating, slower animals like porcupines and things can't get out. Um, so there's all that. Um, you know, waterways get ruined as ash gets flown into, into water systems and can affect aquatic wildlife. But moreover, the animals that are fleeing, you know, that mass exodus that's happening, um, now we have tons of these animals that are fleeing that area. They're getting into other areas uh, where they're competing with other wildlife. But because they're on the move, um, you know, the, the more of them are getting stricken by cars, they're getting into urban areas and getting into human wildlife conflicts. So that's where our organization comes in. So we're seeing more animals when we see wildfires um, that way. So, you know, we're seeing a disproportionate number of car strikes and animals that are coming in, those types of things. So sort of a, a secondary condition from the fire. Seeing it happen, but is there anything you can do about it or the impacts or does it make your organization busier or is it just simply recognizing that this is happening? Yeah, it, it does make us busier um, for sure, um, but not, I mean, it, it, it doesn't increase our intakes uh, a huge amount. It definitely doesn't increase them. Um, and then the nature of the injuries are, are quite similar to what we're used to. So in other words, we don't get a lot of burn victims. We don't get a lot of patients that are coming in with, with burns. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, animals are, they usually perish in the fire or they get out, you know. Um, so the fires uh, can negatively impact. Some animals actually do better because of the fires, like some uh, birds of prey, for example, or predatory species, when all these prey species are sort of on the run, they're leaving the, the fire and they're kind of frantic and they're going, um, then there's more prey available out in the open for some of these prey species. So things like hawks and eagles and owls and things like that can actually thrive during this uh, kind of situation. So um, it really is kind of a, a double-edged sword for these guys, um, but it can take, for the animals that live in those forests, it can take generations to recover. There's no more food there for them and often they're forced to leave the area, unfortunately. Uh, and there's really not an awful, you can't, you can't try to save an entire wildlife population. The, like you said, this is sort of part of the, the circle of nature. It is. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we'd all love to, to look at these animals that are suffering and scoop them all up and, and rescue them and, and help them out. But 
obviously you just you just can't it's, it is a natural process and um uh, unfortunately it's going to affect a lot of uh, wildlife and people all right plug time dale because i know you have a bit of a fundraiser you guys can't do this on your own without getting some funds to assist you you have a uh, you have a little fundraising going this summer we do, yeah. So we have, uh, there's, there's a couple of ways if you really love wildlife. Um, Wild North is the only organization that has a full-scope wildlife rehabilitation uh, center north of Red Deer. So all the animals north of Red Deer, the whole northern part of the province, are coming into Wild North if they're injured or orphaned. So if you want to help those animals, you can go onto our website at wildnorth.ca. Um, there's an area there that you can donate. We also have a uh, 50-50 running right now um, where you can win up to $10,000. Um, so something you might want to check out as well. Very nice. Uh, Dale, we, we, we started this conversation talking about trying to find new foster homes for uh, fox kits, and perhaps it could be the case with uh, with skunks or and some other. Do you, do you ever deal with urban releases uh, these days? I know that in the River Valley or within certain, uh, certain uh, ravines, etc., there could be fox dens or there could be places. Do you ever do those releases within the urban centres? Yeah, so to, to your earlier point, you know, we're, we're very... Um, uh, you know, we're very keen to get these guys out as fast as we can. Um, we're also, um, you know, look at some political ramifications. A lot of people don't want uh, things like coyotes or foxes um, in their backyards. As a rule, we try to release the animals in close proximity to where they were found. But in the case of orphan babies, we can't always do that. So um, we're looking at mostly rural sites, um, but we do have released. We actually have a cool, a cool program right now. It's called an Adopt a Raptor program where you can adopt or, or help pay for the care of a bird of prey. And then you can actually go attend a release, which is really cool. You get to see them get back into the wild. Very cool. That is neat. And people love those raptors. Well, birds. They're not dinosaurs. They're yeah, birds. and that's the best part of the job, Gerald, to be honest, to watch, watching these guys get back out in there in the wild. So it's a, a pretty cool thing. Yeah. Uh, where Where do you go if you want some more information? I guess just wildnorth.ca? Wildnorth.ca, yeah. There's lots of information there about uh, what to do if you find something that's orphaned and, uh, and, of course, ways you can donate. And just lots of general wildlife information. It's a great site right. to explore if you're keen on wildlife. Good stuff, Dale. Thank you. Appreciate it. Good luck with any of the releases and finding some foster homes and dealing with all the other babies and the issues that go through this summer. Appreciate your time this morning. Right on, Daryl. Thanks. Appreciate it. Cheers. Okay, bye. Dale Gino is the Executive Director of Wild North, taking care of the babies that are out there.